to Freedom to Choose, brought to you by Just As I Am Ministries, giving hope to people caught in the devastation of addiction. In this series, Questions I'd Like to Ask God, Rich Kallenberg shares 10 messages about God who loves you more than you can imagine. A God that wants you to understand Him. And yes, a God that welcomes your difficult questions about Himself and the way He runs His universe. Rich found freedom 18 years ago from his out-of-control life of drug addiction and alcoholism when God found him. Break free from the chains that may bind you or your loved ones. Now here's Rich on Freedom to Choose. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. While we walk in darkness. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from most sin all sin. So there has to be identifying of what's wrong with this. Then God can do something with it. If we say we have no sin, 1 John 1, 8, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Whoever sins is guilty of breaking what? Let's break it down here. Whoever sins is guilty of breaking God's law because sin is a breaking of the law. What is sin? A breaking of the law. So if there was no law, there would be no sin. Right? Because sin is a breaking of the law. So if there's no law, there would be no sin. If there was no sin, there would be no need for Jesus. Are you with me? The law identifies sin and tells us Go to Jesus. That's the job of the law. The law is the light signing through the window, showing all the dust particles that we couldn't see before we didn't open the curtains. We open the curtains to our soul, and God's law will reveal those dust particles and send us to Jesus. But if we keep the drapes closed, we don't know what's wrong with us. If we confess our sins, see, we come to the light, the light reveals the problems, and then we go to God with them. If we confess our sins, what sin? Sin is breaking of the law. So if we confess our breaking of the law, he is faithful and faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's a promise. Let me diagnose you, he says. And if you let me diagnose you, I will cleanse you. God sets the benchmark, doesn't he? With me, a specific message came. Your way hasn't worked. You're killing yourself. You're killing yourself and everyone around you. That's how it came to me. You are killing yourself. If you use drugs one more day, you will die. And that was all done. By the way, is that one of the commandments? Thou shalt not kill? See, I didn't realize it at the time. But God used his law to convict me that I was transgressing, that I was killing myself. I wasn't thinking of the Ten Commandments. 
All I knew was, if I use drugs one more day, I'm going to die. What are you going to do? Are you going to kill yourself or not? God asked me that question. What do you want to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to kill yourself or not? What are you going to do? So God began a process of writing his law in my heart. A process. Because this is at the core of what's happening to God's law. We'll get into this in a little bit. But he began a process. So in other words, 41, 41 years old, I'm all done. I'm all used up. You lose, use drugs one more day, Rich, you're going to die. Okay, Lord. So I'm screaming. I'm laying face down on, on my bed, screaming at the top of my lungs for God to help me. And this is what he comes up with. It's going to be different now. 41 years hasn't worked your way. Now you're going to try it my way. Lord, but I'm afraid. Simple. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be simple. So for a year, for a year, well, for three months I've had a three-word prayer, God help me. But for a year I'm moving along. God begins writing his law in my heart. And after a year, I get this little tap on the shoulder, and you know the tap on the shoulder. You've all had it. He says, you're witnessing for me, Rich. But you know what? You're still killing yourself. What do you mean? He's smoking cigarettes. You're still killing yourself. Well, it took quite a while for that to convict me. Almost another year. And then finally, I started praying about it. You know what? I am killing myself. And so... I prayed for three months really hard, and finally I threw those cigarettes into the fireplace. Process of writing his law. And then two years later, tap on the shoulder again. Mr. Rich, clean up the garbage mouth. It took a long time to clean up that garbage mouth. That's one of the hardest things to do. When all of your adjectives are suspect, you know what I'm saying? You had to come up with new adjectives. Like, oh my word. You know? Can't think of... But you do. You have to come up with all new adjectives to describe things. Especially when something hurts. <laughs> yeah. So this process went on, right? And it continued and it continued. I want to ask you a question. At what point in this process was I not a child of God? I was always a child of God. Once I answered his... Right? Yeah. So everything is a process. And he will work with each individual person on, the, on what he deems most important. See, the most important for, thing for me right off the get-go was to get off drugs. But to God, apparently smoking wasn't that important for a whole year. Because that's when he spoke to me. So there must have been a whole lot of whole host of things that he was dealing with in that first year. Like uh, teaching me to brush my teeth and not sleep in my clothes. You know? How to eat three meals a day and actually drink a little bit of water. Just basic stuff. How to carry on a conversation with people. I had to learn how to eat at someone's house. 
So, what does it mean to have that law written on the heart? How many of you drive 25 miles an hour when you come to a school zone? Do you drive 25 miles an hour because of that sign right there? Or do you drive 25 miles an hour because of this guy? Which one is it? Yes? It's yes, right? Which one is it? The sign? Sign for you? How many say sign? How many say that? How many say the policeman? Okay, both. How many of you say this? You see, when there's human lives involved, and that is our focus, we don't need the sign, and we don't need the policeman. We just don't want to harm any kids. You understand what I'm saying? That what it, that's what it means to have the law written on the heart. You don't need it on the sign. You don't need it on the two tables of stone. And when our desire becomes more for others than ourselves, when I drive out there through Lincoln, and I've been, lived here all my life, I know where the tough spots are. I know where the spots are where Susan's dad put dips in, and I'm not going to bury my bumper in the next road. Her dad, if you, if you go through the dips in Lincoln, Susan Dad's put all those in, if you're wondering. But it was a very smart thing to do because you have to go slow through Lincoln. So we don't have to have yellow, flashing yellow lights or nothing like that. We just have dips. But I know where all the difficult traffic problems are. And so I'm very careful in Lincoln, even though the signs... Now, in some places, school zones are 15 miles an hour. In some places, they're 25 miles an hour. In some places, I'll go five miles an hour because it's right here by the park on Saturday morning. I don't do much. I don't care if somebody's honking behind me. There have been two children, at least two, in Lincoln that have been hit out there from running out from behind a car. Okay? Now, it's legal to drive 35 or 40. 35 out there? That's too fast for kids playing and coming out from behind cars. You see? And so we drive slow to protect the children. That's what it means. We don't need the law on the wall. It's all right here, right? God's law will never change. He does not want us to lie. He does not want us to steal. He does not want us to take someone else's wife. He doesn't want us to kill. He wants us to honor our parents. He, want, he doesn't want us to worship any. He, his law will never change. You see... Paul even agrees with this in Romans 7, 7. He says, what then shall we say? Is the law sin? By no means. Yet if it had not been for the law, I would not have known sin. For I would not have known what it is to covet if the law had not said you shall not covet. Now let me ask you a question. I'm going to go back to that last slide. That's number 10. The reason we do the rest of them is because of number 10. You, take, you steal because you covet. You Take someone's wife because you covet. You kill because you covet. And see, so Paul takes number 10, which sums up all of them and says, you know what? That law, that coveting happens between my ears. <laughs> the fruit of that is stealing, lying, committing adultery, not honoring my parents. That's the fruit of that. But he says, what's happening between my ears is what's important. And that's what the law says. The law says, I shall not covet. The law goes deep. 
So then he concludes, so the law is holy and the commandment is holy and righteous and good. What is the law? It's holy, it's righteous, it's good. See, the law won't change, but God's always wanted to change the location. He's always wanted to do that. It's not just a New Testament thing. He's always, it's always the same law, but he wants the location to change. Notice in the Old Testament, in Leviticus 19, he's got the commandments listed. In fact, he says, you shall not hate your brother, where? In your heart. This is Old Testament. Leviticus 19, 18. But you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Well, didn't Jesus say all the commandments hinge on that? Jesus was just quoting Leviticus. That's all he was doing. And then if you want the other one too in Deuteronomy, this is right after God gives the Ten Commandments. Notice what he says. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord with all thine heart. There's the other one that it hinges on, right? And with all thy soul and with all thy might, and these words which I command me this day shall be in thine heart. He's always wanted that law in the heart. But we want it on the wall. We get down on our knees and say, well, I didn't kill today, I didn't steal today, I didn't lie today. That's, that hasn't been a, pretty, been, been, a, been a pretty good day. You know, and, we, and we, we compare ourselves to what's hanging on the wall. When we, in fact, Tom and I are going to be going to some OSHA training here next Tuesday. But when we go to OSHA 30-hour training, it's a require for, for, requirement for supervisors, uh, it's just state law. And it's very good training. They have some really interesting things that happen that they share with you so that hopefully they don't happen on your job. And one of the things they shared with us, with us was a, a, a story about a blade operator who was cleaning off a, a concrete slab. And he was making passes. And it was an old warehouse, evidently, or something. And there was a bunch of uh, dirt and debris on it. And he was running his blade, and he was driving along, and I'm only guessing they said somewhere between 30 and 35 miles an hour, just whipping through there, cleaning it off. And he hit a piece of number nine rebar coming out of the slab that was supporting a column at one time or something, and he hit it with the blade right there. And it stopped that blade cold and sucked him out of the window, and he landed on the concrete dead. Now here's the point. It's an OSHA requirement that that guy wear a seatbelt. Do you ever think about how bizarre it is that God has to tell his children not to kill themselves? Do we run our family that way? We get them all up in the morning, point to the Ten Commandments and say, now nobody run out today and kill anybody. Wife, while I'm gone, I don't want you committing adultery. He's had to tell us that to keep us in line, hasn't he? But those things are not wrong just because he says they're wrong. They're really wrong. And when we get that, the law is written in our heart. Now, this is a, I had a pickup, it was a 2001. And when they got me my new pickup, uh, there was something that didn't work that worked before for me. In other words, instead of getting in and put, buckling the seatbelt up, the thing you go ding, 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 ding. All I had to do was push that red clicker right there that it latches into, and the, and the dinger would shut off. You know, so if I was just going to drive into town, I didn't want to wear the seatbelt, I just pushed the click and it wouldn't ding anymore. All right, I could drive the truck without a seatbelt. How many of you got dingers? And, you, and, they, and it's going off and it's driving you nuts, and so you put the seatbelt in, right? So I was cheating. 
with that. When I got the new truck, I couldn't do that anymore, so I was a little bit upset. So now I have to wear my seatbelt all the time. But see, there will be no cheaters in heaven. There will be no one that just gets away with what they can just barely get away with. When the law is written in the heart, you want to do what's right because it is right. Now, remember we talked about the covenant? Hebrews 8, 7. If there had been nothing wrong with the first covenant, so there's something wrong with the first covenant, wasn't there? People call that the old covenant. It was all messed up, right? If there was nothing wrong with the first covenant, there would have been no need for a second one. And there's a new covenant, right? Well, first, if there was something wrong with that old covenant, we better find out what it is before we start saying that it was bad. Okay? What was wrong with it? But God find fault with his people when he says, The days are coming, says the Lord, when I will draw up a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. What? I will not, it will not be like the covenant that I made with their ancestors on the day I took them by the hand and led them out of Egypt. They were not faithful to the covenant which I made with them. And so I paid no attention to them. Who was at fault? Was God at fault with this covenant? No, the people would not allow God to write the law on their hearts. He called them stiff-necked people, prideful people, people that didn't need him, even though he had taken them out of Egypt and through the Red Sea. Has God taken you out of Egypt and through the Red Sea? And you know what? When times get tough, do you have to remember those times? Sometimes just to hold on by a thread, I have to remember my Red Sea experiences. I have to remember lying face down, screaming at the top of my lungs for God to help me. And realizing He helped me then, He's going to help me now. So the question is, will there be a people that will trust? Just you. Will there be a people that believe, that trust, that put their life in God's trust? Because if they do, then he can write his law on their hearts. Same law, just a change in the location. Hebrews 8.10, Now this is the covenant that I will make with the people of Israel in the days to come, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds and write them where? Their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. In other words, God is predicting that he will have a people that will trust him and allow him to do this. I don't stop at the bar on the way home anymore. You know, I don't do it anymore. Why? Because it'll cause health problems, right? But it'll cause other problems, won't it? Huh? What kind of other problems will it, will it cause? It'll cause marital problems. But I don't stop at the bar. I do not not stop at the bar just because Susan says so. Right? In fact, we don't even talk about stopping at the bar. Why? It's not on our radar screen. We used to do it, but we don't do it anymore. That part of the law is written on the heart. We don't need to discuss it. Hey, whatever you do, this, you know, get up in the morning. Whatever you do tonight, Rich, don't stop at the bar. It's not on the radar screen. 
There are many things in our lives that have fallen off that radar screen as God has begun the process of writing his law on our hearts. And you can count them in your life, and I can count them in my life. Don't feel that God's not working in your life. The fact that you're here, God is working in your life. Susan, when her and I got married, we had a couple of covenants that we made. But one of the major commitments that we made was biblical. We would never go to bed angry at one another. This is good text right after that one. For the wages of sin is death. I'm going to get it now. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. For the what? The wages of sin is death. What is sin? The transgression of the law. The wages of sin is death. Sin pays its wage, death. But God's free gift is eternal life in union with Christ Jesus our Lord. But we are tempted when we are drawn away and trapped by our own evil desires. Then our evil desires conceive and give birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to what? Death. See, God is not the enemy. Sin is. God's law is not the enemy. Sin is. And I think a lot of us, me included, spend so much time running from God because we think he's the enemy. Not the enemy. If sin is our cause of death, shouldn't we identify it and give it to Christ? If sin is our enemy, sin causes death, we need to identify it. See, God's law is not the problem. Sin is. So our question for tonight, what happened to God's law? He's looking for a place to write it. That's what's happened to his law. He's looking for a place to write it. You see, that little girl, probably when she was this tall, only knew not to run out in front of the car because if she did, she would get a swat on the bottom from mommy not to run out in the street. Sometimes that's the only reason a child doesn't run out in the street is because they're going to get a swat on the bottom. You right? That's all they know. I can't play in the street. If I do, I'll get spanked. Right? But then there comes a time in that child's life when the child begins to understand that there's a danger out there in the street. That if they run out into the street, they could get hit by a car and really get hurt or maybe get killed. Right? But then there comes a time in that child's life when they realize that if they run out in the street and if they get hit by a car, it may not only kill them, but it will kill mommy. See, if we really understand what sin does to God, because I, you know, I don't know what stage of growth you're in. I vacillate. Sometimes I'm afraid of the punishment. Sometimes I'm afraid of the hurt that sin will cause. Sometimes I don't want to hurt God. The reason this guy that was out on that pier was attracting all those birds with the bread was those zebra doves, when they're out there on the beach, they get fishing line wrapped around their claws. 
okay? And they can't get it off. What they do when they get the fishing line on there is they pull on it with their beaks. And when they pull on it with their beaks, what happens? Tightens up. And there, were, there are some with them right here, and they got tourniquets all over. And so what he does is he, the birds come to the bread, and then he examines those birds, and when he finds one, he reaches down and grabs it, and he gets the fishing line off. See, to get untangled, the only way is to come to the bread. Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose and this series, Questions I'd Like to Ask God. If you or someone you know is living in addiction captivity and having trouble finding God, Rich and Susan Kallenberg are living testimonials that God does work miracles. They've created a seven-step, biblically-based handbook and a recovery workbook to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook for yourself or someone you know, just give them a call and they'll send it to you. 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they're supported by people like you. 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.